0: Welcome to the IFF's and FCSN's Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month. This show is about leadership, survivorship, and cultural change. My name is Jim Bernica. I'm the health and wellness coordinator for the Dayton, Ohio Firefighters Local 136. I'm joined today by two special guests that will share the resources their organizations provide. First up, we have Joe Schumacher. Joe is the Chief Operations Officer, the Board Secretary, and Assistant Virginia State Director, for the firefighter cancer support network he's a retired captain from the city of fairfax fire department joe's also a testicular non-hodgkins lymphoma and prostate cancer survivor and kim bruna is a senior director of corporate strategy for the american cancer society welcome both of you thank you jim thank you jim all right let's start off with uh, the fcsn joe when a firefighter is diagnosed with occupational cancer What is the process for them to reach out to the FCSN, and what services are made available for them?
1: So, Jim, there's two easy ways that a firefighter or their family member can contact the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Uh, The first is through our 1-800 number, which is 866-994-3276, or they can reach out to us on our website at www.firefightercancersupport.org. And when they go on the website, all they need to do is click the red button at the top right of the screen that says, I need help. They'll fill out a little bit of basic information about them. And as soon as they hit that send button, um, the state director from the state that they live in, as well as our wellness coordinator will get an email. Um, Our goal is to reach out, reach back out to that firefighter or their family member within 24 hours. Now, typically it's a lot faster than that, but 24 hours is kind of the goal. Uh, once the they, state director reaches back out to the firefighter or their family member, they're going to talk to them about what's going on. And there's a couple of services that we can offer them. The first one is our toolbox. To describe it, it's just kind of like a large Tupperware container, maybe the size of a small microwave oven. Um, it's large enough that it can hold hanging files, which are included in it. And the reason we put the hanging files in there is because as they'll find out, they're going to get a lot of documentation related to their diagnosis and their battle from insurance documents to uh, summaries from their doctors to all kinds of paperwork. And this just helps them keep everything in one place so that if they have to find something, they know where to go to get it. Uh, In addition to that, there's little knickknacks like pens, pencils, notebooks, uh, business card holders. And then finally, the cornerstone of our toolbox is our one-of-a-kind Firefighter's Guide to Cancer Survivorship Manual. It's about 230 pages, and it goes from questions to ask your doctor about cancer and about your diagnosis and treatments and options and that type of stuff. talks about uh, the Family Medical Leave Act, legal and financial concerns, um, all the way through. There's a huge glossary that uh, was actually provided to us through our friends at the American Cancer Society. But the manual is designed to take a firefighter from the when they are diagnosed all the way through, hopefully, uh, remission or cure. The second thing that we offer all of our firefighters is what we call badge-to-badge support, or another word for it is our mentors. All of our mentors are firefighters or the spouse of a firefighter who has gone through cancer. There's really no replacement for we're being able to talk to somebody who has kind of walked the walk already with what the firefighter is getting to go through. They can provide them guidance, reassurance, um, and they'll usually give them the straight scoop on what they can expect, both the good and bad from treatments and the side effects and that type of stuff. But the the nice thing is it provides them somebody who understands the fear and uncertainty that goes along with the cancer diagnosis, as well as understands being a firefighter, right? We're not special, but we are different. Um we're used to being the person who provides help in somebody's worst moment. And it's very uncomfortable usually for us to be the one who receives help. So being able to talk to another firefighter who's already been through it is quite reassuring. And then finally, the, the last thing that we can do is we can provide some uh, direction and guidance on finding other resources, uh, such as the American Cancer Society, maybe the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, financial assistance, um, we can help guide them on or inform them about cancer presumption laws and that, that type of stuff. So those are the services uh, and how to reach them that we offer at the firefighter cancer support network.
0: That's awesome, Joe. Thank you so much. You know, I can speak from my firsthand experience. I ended up getting one of those toolbox uh, last April and it was extremely helpful. That guidebook was amazing because even though I've been kind of in this business for 15 years, I got to tell you, I didn't know how to handle some of this stuff. I was not prepared. I don't think anybody really can be. I had no idea like how you talk to your family, how you talk to a six-year-old. I was just unprepared, and the information in that Toolbox truly helped. And as far as the mentor stuff, it's really cool. Just three weeks ago, I have got my training. I'm an official mentor, and just yesterday, I actually had my first newly diagnosed firefighter and I was able to mentor him and it felt just great giving back and, you know, paying everything forward.
1: I like you was able to, um, unfortunately I had, I got a mentor last, uh, April in my last battle. And I can't tell you how comforting it was to be able to talk to somebody who's already been there. And, and, you know, they told me the bad stuff that was, that I was getting ready to experience, but they also were able to reassure me that it was going to be okay. Um, you know, I would get through this, they would be with me the whole time. Um, so it was, it was great.
0: You know, for all the listeners out there, think of it this way. I mean, we're unique and special and, and really I feel grateful if you were any other occupation out there and you got sick, chances are you wouldn't have anything like this for you. So although we have a higher risk of being diagnosed and that's why this is needed, The fact is that this is here and has definitely evolved over the years and truly can help our firefighters and their families when they get diagnosed. All right, with that, Kim, I want to tag you in. So, if you may, tell me when a firefighter family member reaches out to the American Cancer Society, uh, what services or resources do you guys provide?
2: Oh, I'd love to share. I mean, first of all, Jim and Joe, I wish you both didn't need these resources, but I'm so glad that we're all collaborating. so that you and now your fellow firefighters and EMS personnel can, can use them. Um, I'll say to start, you know, from the uh, IFF and the ACS have developed a comprehensive online resource at IFF.org slash cancer, which includes support for those in the fire services from patient support to prevention programs to other information that hopefully and we know will help firefighters who receive a cancer diagnosis. So. That's where I would say go first. And on that page, you're going to find a lot of things. First being, we have a 24-7-365 IFF member-specific helpline. Uh, The number's 877-901-7848. And that will offer personal support for the IFF member by the ACS team, who's always available by phone as well as video chat um, to really kind of help answer those questions because it is overwhelming and, and we know that. Um, included on not only through the phone number, but also that website, you're going to find specific support services, um, including, you know, multiple um, programs for people with cancer, as well as their caregiver. And one of them that I want to call out is, is really a home away from home, which is our Hope Lodge communities. When someone is, you know, on a cancer journey, a lot of times their best place of treatment is not in their backyard. Um, and so our Hope Lodge communities, which the person with cancer and their caregiver can stay for free, and we also have a subsequent hotel partnership program, so if there's not a Hope Lodge in the community, that they can stay for free because we know that cancer can lead to you know financial concerns, and we know our Hope Lodges can help with that. We also know that transportation is a major concern um, for many that are on our cancer journey. So we have a Road for Recovery program, and on that same web portal, there is information about how you can utilize this Road to Recovery program, which offers free transportation to and from treatment um, for firefighters. Um, And while there's more services that are on that site that that IFF members will see, I also just wanted to mention our Cancer Survivors Network, which is a safe online community where survivors and caregivers can share their stories and ask questions and get support from each other. And we really see this as a nice, Alternative or an additional option to the amazing mentorship program that FCSN provides, we love that that program. And actually, um, you know, we also at ACS when they, a firefighter may call the 800 number, we also guide firefighters to that FCSN mentorship program when they call us because we just know that's such a great great resource um, that has been so useful to many members. So that's where I would that's where I would start and uh, finding a lot of the information that's available.
0: That's awesome, Kim. Thank you for sharing. And I'm so glad you're on our team now. Amazing, amazing stuff.
2: Well, we couldn't be more glad. Um, you know, we've been starting to talk to IFF the last couple of years and officially, actually, it's almost our year anniversary of our official partnership. And um, we wish it didn't make so much sense for our partner, for our organizations to partner. But it is. It's a big challenge and it's going to take all of us. It's going to take IFF and ACS and FCSN um, and many other organizations working together. Because you know, we have, cancer is a, a big challenge um, that unfortunately affects almost everyone in one way or another, and so we couldn't be prouder to be partnering.
0: You know what? That's a great segue, though, Kim, because next up for Joe, I'm going to talk about prevention. And I know, you know, years ago when Mike DeBron started the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, it was really just a support network. It was to help, you know, his members in LA County you know, how to do meals, mow the grass, take people to their visits. And it grew up, it just expanded from that so much. And where they really excel to support, they've also done an awful lot of things for prevention with the whole idea of preventing cancer from starting or if nothing else, catching your cancer early on. And Joe, I actually would like for you to kind of expand on that if it's Okay.
1: So you're right, Uh, Mike's vision when he started this was all about support, but we have grown and we now offer uh, cancer awareness and prevention training for fire departments across the nation and we do it for free. Several years ago, we formed what we call our Health and Wellness Advisory Council um, and we got leading industry experts on firefighters and cancer. Uh, Some of them are Dr. Jeff Burgess from University of Arizona, uh, Dr. Sarah Janke, Mike Hamrock from Boston Fire Department. Kenneth Coons is a doctor, uh, oncologist up in Canada. And finally, we, uh, we also have Gavin Horn on our, on our group. And we rely on them to provide us guidance and keep us up to date on all the latest data concerning firefighters and cancer, um, as well as the American Cancer Society. We certainly use all of their information, too. It's a collaborative effort, but um, our program is updated annually. And like I said, we'll go out and we will teach that to any fire station, fire department across the nation for absolutely free. They just have to reach out to us, which they can they can do on our website. Uh, we also participate in studies across the nation, uh, studies like Dr. Burgess does and Dr. Janke. Um and we'll we'll help get firefighters for those studies or anything really that they ask us to do in assisting with those.
0: Tremendous stuff, Joe. I'm so glad to see how your organization has grown over the years. Now, Kim, I gotta ask you, first of all, I was super excited when the IFF and the ACS finally came together last year, but beyond the resources that you mentioned just a few minutes ago, what other benefits are there for the IFF?
2: That's a great question. I think, you know, I mean, we've been around for over a hundred years and, you know, we're proud of our work and our reputation. And, you know, and because of that, I think people know and trust us. And it's just like they know and trust their firefighters within their local community. But I think what we find is sometimes when someone is diagnosed or their loved one gets the news of cancer, they kind of forget the, the information that they may have known, right? Cause it's that unique position of like, oh my God, what do I do next? I mean, Jim, you kind of alluded to it with your own cancer journey. Um, so I think for having the IFF members know more deeply about what the American Cancer Society does and the services we provide, not only means that it can help them, but also it means that they can also help spread that message and that information to their circle influence, uh, circle of influence to get help when they need it. Um, I think, you know, another big benefit is, you know, the American Cancer Society has been doing research for a long time, Um, I mean, give you a stat, ACS has invested $3.1 billion in research since 1991 alone, and that has contributed to 3.5 million fewer cancer deaths in that time. But there's more work to do, right? So that's why all of us working together, um, you know, we're also proud that we're the largest nonprofit funder of cancer research in the U.S. outside of the federal government. And, you know, and all of that is to find more and better uh, treatments, uncover, factor, uncover factors that may cause cancer and improve you know, the cancer patient's daily life. So um, now that we're partnering, I think you know not only sharing that information, but also our research teams at the IFF and ACS are talking to find ways that we can share data points within occupational cancer, um, and then obviously specific within the fire service, and jointly support projects that we can move um, our work forward faster. Um, which we just know is so vitally important.
0: Great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kim. You know, I think back to being involved in the Firefighter Cancer Support Network white paper back in 2013. And so we're basically talking 10 years ago. And there was at that time, not that much research. And shortly following that, more and more research came out and we've been able to kind of change our ways because of that research. And I'm just excited to see with you guys involved, where it takes us next, you know, it may not affect. Joe's already retired. I'm knocking on the door, but that future generations, I mean, they're going to be much better off than we were.
2: Any anybody that was at the convention in Canada this past year heard not only GP Kelly, but so many other people get up on the you know the the podiums and talk about that it might not be early enough for them, but it is about that next generation. I think that's a really good point and. You know, we all have a work to do, and but working together and sharing that information and sharing that research and sharing these services, um, we know will make a difference.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, our, our goal is to make sure that nobody has to experience what unfortunately some of us already have.
0: So Joe, let me add to that. You know, you're retired. Um, I'm considered an old guy on the job, so I get this. I know when we started, you can call it kind of being naive. Nobody was talking about this stuff just because we weren't aware. But through these studies, through these through these uh, prevention efforts, we've been able to definitely make a dent in this. And, and I know the, the kids that came on after me, and they're, they're now kids, by the way, compared to me, uh, they're much better off. But the hardest thing that I know I've had to battle throughout my department was the stigma. We really feel like when we start this job, we're invincible and that's kind of good in a way because we obviously do crazy stuff, but because of that same feeling, we don't think we're going to get sick. You know, that happened to Bob and it's not going to happen to me kind of stuff. So whatever your experiences with actually trying to defeat that stigma.
1: So, um, you're hundred percent right. We do come in and we, we feel like nothing's going to hurt us, but I think uh, obviously as you progress through your career, you realize that's not true. um, one of the things that we we need to change is the culture in the fire service. And, you know, I I do get asked pretty regularly, how how do we do that? How do we change the culture in the fire service? Well, when I get asked that, there's really two things that kind of come to mind for me. The first is somebody once told me it takes 10 years to change a culture, which I can't tell you if that's true or not. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And although we're making progress, you know, we still haven't quite, Quite turned the page, if you will. There, there's still people who don't, who are resistive to the change. But the other thing that I also think about is uh, somebody once told me a long time ago. You know, the fire hunt, the fire service is 200 years of tradition, unimpeded by progress. And sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Uh, as a general rule, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Jim, firefighters don't like change. <laughs> We uh we, we like our Yeah, we, we like our routines. Um and we don't like change, whether it's, you know, them change somebody changing the time of a training training class or whether it's something that's much more important and impactful, like now being required to wear your SCBA from the time you enter the IDLH until or through overhaul. Um that's a big change for us. And and one of the things that I do when people ask me about that or, or when I'm teaching in classes, um, my response to them is, what's it worth it to you? And what I mean by that is do some self-reflection and figure out, you know, how important it is for you, is it for you to reach retirement, number one, but to live a, a long, healthy retirement Uh, Consider, you know, is the inconvenience of having to wear your SCBA all the time or do gross decon or whatever the, the task is, is that worth one day you being able to walk your daughter down the aisle for her wedding or to meet your grandchildren? You know, so it's it's a personal decision. But I think if people stop and reflect on that and think about those things, what is it worth to them that they'll hopefully start to make the right decisions. And they will, you know, always make sure they're wearing their CBA. They'll always do gross decon. They'll clean their gear. All of the things that we talk about and preach.
0: Great stuff, Joe. I can't agree with you anymore. That's perfect. Uh, I'll tell you, for me, I enjoy teaching the recruits and kind of talking to what you were talking about, the big picture. And it's so hard for them to see the future 25, 30 years down the road. You know, they don't have a family yet, a lot of them. They're not even thinking about that. They're thinking about what they're going to have for dinner tonight. Nothing further. So it's hard, though, selling this because let me give you an example. If you're on a fire ground, you fall off a ladder, you break your ankle, it's very obvious when and how you broke that ankle. But with cancer, you have this latency period 10, 15, 20, 25 years that shows up. So you don't really know. When you got cancer, what did it actually come from? Was it diesel exhaust? Was it not wearing your SCBA? Was it sleep? Was it genetic? I mean, you don't know. And because of that, from the start, you have to do everything you possibly can. Otherwise, it's pointless. Why work these 25, 30 years so you can retire? And at that point, maybe you're having grandkids, and that's when you get sick.
1: Right. You're 100% right. And, you know, honestly, I, I would challenge challenge everybody listening, especially officers and supervisors, you know, w- one of your jobs as a as a supervisor is to take care of your people. And one of the best ways you can do that is to make sure that they're safe. And and that's by ensuring that they are doing all the things we've just discussed.
0: Yes, 100% Joe. Kim, I'll let you talk for a minute. How about that?
2: Hey, that's all right.
0: No, this has all been great. We kind of mentioned the resources you offer before. I can tell you when I got diagnosed, looking over some of your, you basically had a playbook of what to do, how to do it. You know, how to, what questions asked your doctor, how do you talk to your family members about cancer? It was already done. It was already out there and it helped a lot because I didn't know that playbook and really nobody does. They don't even think about it until they're diagnosed. Can you talk about some of those written resources that will help you when you actually, hear those words, you have cancer?
2: Absolutely. I mean, as you both know, it it can be, it can be, and it is very daunting when you hear those words. And we really want to try at the American Cancer Society to continue to make that journey, as I'm going to say, easy as possible or as, as informed as possible. So it's why we you know, have for decades been putting this information together. So I'll say, you know, in addition to the IFF.org slash fight cancer, our main ACS hub is cancer.org. And it has so much information that's available to the public. Um, obviously, of course, the firefighters and EMS personnel as well. And that really is a place to go where if you have a question, there is 99 times out of 100, there is some answers there and some guidance around that. Um, You know, and that's one thing we really appreciated about FCSN is that, you know, their work getting firefighters who are diagnosed with the cancer in-depth information is so vital. And as Joe referenced, you know, the American Cancer Society information has been included in that manual for years. And, you know, we're continuing to not only include it, but we're also working together to make sure it's the most updated, because as we all know, cancer information changes. And as we work more closely together, we want to make sure that we're providing that, um, you know, best tool to the firefighters. So if you have that toolkit, or you go to cancer.org, you know, we just want to make sure that everybody can find that most u- useful information. And you're right, everywhere from questions to ask your doctor. How do I talk to people about cancer? I mean, you, know, you referenced, Jim, uh, your kids. I mean, it's it's a tough conversation that people can have. There's even a glossary of cancer terms because we know it can be overwhelming as you and your loved ones are going through a journey and you know then all of a sudden you have this, you know, other language basically of terms that all of a sudden being thrown at you. So, you know, there's a glossary and in other information that we really hope help, but it only helps if people know that those resources are there and and again, why podcasts like this, we think are helpful and and magazines and, and advertising that we try to do to get those that information out there because you sometimes can be frozen when you hear those words. And uh, we know by working together and keeping this communication alive, um, it'll help more people more quickly.
1: You know, uh, Kim, you're so right. Uh, and and I, I do remember when I was diagnosed the first time, one of the first things that my oncologist told me is stay off Google. He said, because there is a ton of information out there on on cancer, he said. But if you're going to go to the internet or you're going to seek out advice or information on cancer, you need to go to trusted resources, and those are you know organizations like the American Cancer Society, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, or like the uh, uh, what are the NCI institutes? Their websites. Yes. They're they're they are all. Uh, the big boys and the professionals in this and you need to go to somebody that you can trust rather than you know some somebody who just wrote an article that's now on google (laughs) Uh, because the information does change regularly and these trusted resources are the ones who are staying up to date on what's out there and what's accurate
0: excellent point yeah kim i i want to for you i want to say i'm grateful because if i didn't have that information readily available i know i would just be going into stuff, guessing, just improvising. So, having this already out there and available definitely made um, my life, and my family's life, much easier.
2: Well, thanks for saying that, and I will share that with the team because obviously I am one person behind a huge team. Um, as I know Joe is at FCSN, you know the American Cancer Society. We take it very seriously about what our role is, and that we are the number one trusted source in in the cancer space. Uh, but that comes with the responsibility. But it also comes with um, that passion that we have to make sure that when Jim, if you get that call, that you have somewhere that you can go that actually helps you with what you're actually needing, right? So, um, and that's why our resources, um, our information, our research continues to evolve because it's it's so important to hit us where we are at now. I mean, I'll just give you a quick example: our eight hundred line, which is twenty four seven in multiple languages. It, we did. We had on the plans to have video conferencing, but we did not have it yet. The pandemic hit, and we know cancer can be isolating anyway. So we quickly were able to pivot and took that to number one on the priority line, so that we could in um, April May of 2020 launch video conferencing as now part of our standing 24 seven three sixty five helpline. And that's because we want to do what's best for that person on the cancer journey.
0: I'll ask both of you this. You know, we, and Joe, I know you know this for sure. The stigma around cancer, it's still kind of taboo to even talk about. People want to put their heads in the sand. A bigger stigma is actually behavior health regarding this stuff. I could tell you, I struggled after my diagnosis. I had lots of depression. And I think also, I've realized that. When you've been in our business and you've done it for a while, you, it's a good chance you have PTSD as well. And having that makes you feel a little bit more, or I guess, feel about mortality and question that. So what are your experiences dealing with the behavioral health side of things? I know, like for my mentor yesterday, I really recommended that he talk to somebody about this. Talk to a clinician
1: cancer definitely brings with it a behavioral challenge for all of us, but I don't want to focus only on the firefighter because although they are the ones who are immediately affected, it affects the entire family. When a firefighter comes home and and speaks to their spouse or significant other and says, I have cancer, you know, what are some of the first things that go through your mind? Um, first it's, it's the fear of the unknown. Um, it's, you know, questions like, am I going to die? Am I gonna be able to pay for all these treatments that I'm gonna need? So you're right, a lot of this is very challenging and it can lead to depression. Um, the, the, the stress I, at times can be unbearable, but uh, there are ways to get through it. And there, there's really a couple of ways, uh, at least from the Firefighter Cancer Support Network's perspective and what we offered, what we talked about earlier, our mentors, You know, just having somebody to talk to who understands what you're going through, is 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 very comforting. I'll say um, it. It does relieve some of that stress and tension. Uh, they, you know, the mentors are very good in our in the network because they will also be able to help. You know, hopefully, point them, point the firefighter or, or their family member that's going through the cancer to resources that can help them, and it's resources like uh, the IFF has and the American Cancer Society has. They, they both have behavioral components, I believe, to them that can assist, or they can certainly lead you to the resources that will be able to assist you.
2: I mean, I'll piggyback on what Joe said, um, you know, that continuing to talk um, is so important. If it's your story because you've had a cancer journey that you can share, it's really important to do that reach out, you know, if you need help, reach out if it's you, um, but also reach out if it's someone that you love that you know has been kind of struggling and to encouraging them to, you know, get that professional help. And you're right. It's it's not just them. It's also their caregivers and their, their network of um, support really makes a difference. I mean, I think about, I can't even count how many times I've sat around a kitchen table at the fire stations, you know, um, where fun conversations have been had, but also important conversations. And I think that if, people are listening to this podcast is how can they raise some of these conversations up? So they're talking to their, uh, guys in the job, you know, about these topics. Um, cause to your point, Jim, if you're newer on the job, you think it's just, you know, it's going to happen to somebody older on the job. Well, unfortunately, I think, you know, talk to the IFF, we have stories every single day about younger people getting diagnosed with cancer. And so if we can learn from each other, share that information, um, it'll do nothing but help.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's funny. We, uh, we did our first in-person mentor training in Dallas here a couple months ago, and uh, one of our mentors was up there, and we were talking about the behavioral challenges and the stresses and all that kind of stuff and the way, it, the way having cancer changes us. And one of the things that he mentioned, he says, you know, I cry a lot more now because I'm much more emotional. And that really hit home with me because I'm the same way. But I had to laugh because he said uh, somebody told him that uh, the reason that is, is because when he was receiving his treatments, they were also giving him more estrogen. So he said he now he now cries more. <laughs> and, he it, you know, it was just a joke. But it, at the same time, it, it broke the tension in the room. And that's the nice thing about the mentors is they have that way of being able to do that for you. Um, and like I said, it's just it's just comforting.
2: Well, and I'll tell you, I've learned a lot about the IFF Behavioral Health Program and the Centers of Excellence, uh, you know, since we've started this partnership. And I think that's an amazing resource that the IFF provides to the members. So I think, you know, that's also I know there's a great landing page on on IFF.org um, about that as well. I just uh, it's such an important topic. And, and it touches, to your point earlier, Joe, far outside of cancer.
1: Yeah. You know, the thing I think I want firefighters that are listening to this to remember is they're not alone that they can reach out to any of the organizations represented here and we will either help them or we will find them the help that they need.
0: Perfect. Thank you guys for sharing. That was tremendous. You know, a few things, first of all, Joe, you're hundred percent. I'm glad you brought up the, our supporters, our caregivers, you know, they go along for the ride with us. They may not physically feel what's going on, but everything else they're right there. And so we gotta to remember to give them a break, take care of them as well. Because they're again, they're right there for us. So I'm glad you brought that up. I know uh God, I'm gonna mention his name twice on here. Mike DeBron. He told me years ago, and I've always remembered this when you get diagnosed, it's like having your check engine light on. You're just waiting. And that's that's a Horrible feeling to have, but you're just always kind of waiting on what's next. Every time you go in for a checkup, it's always there, that anxiety. So being able to talk about that stuff is helpful.
1: Yeah, very much. Very much.
0: So I got to ask, is there anything else we're missing? You know, any closing thoughts that you two have? And we'll, uh, we'll wrap this stuff up.
1: You know, I think that the the biggest thing for me is, um, well, we, we have a motto with the Firefighter Cancer Support Network and that is no one fights alone. Um, so the important thing is for firefighters and their families to remember that they're not alone in their battle. They have organizations that they can reach out to and lean on, you know, like the American Cancer Society and the Firefighter Cancer Support Network and the IAFF and that we will assist them um, any way we can. And as I said before, if, if we don't have the resources, then we will assist them in finding the resources that will help them. So just know that they're not alone when they, when they do receive a diagnosis that they can reach out to us and and we're there for them.
2: Yeah. And I guess I would just say, you know, we know that cancer can affect anyone, but it does not affect everyone equally. And, you know, the American Cancer Society, we're really committed to ensuring that everybody has an opportunity to prevent, detect, treat, and survive cancer. And, You know, that's why we're very proud of this partnership with IFF and also with our collaboration with FCSN. Cancer in the fire surface is a big challenge and it's really gonna take all of us to extinguish cancer. Um, And we really see this this partnership and things like this podcast and the websites and the resources we have to really, you know, ladder up kind of and help us reach um, everybody who needs this information, whether they are on a cancer journey or they can prevent cancer. Um, which ultimately is what we want, so we can have you know a world without it um, for everybody. So I think it's it's going to take all of us, but things like this definitely definitely help.
1: Yeah, you're right, Kim. Um, I don't I don't know that we'll ever have a fire service without cancer because it's just unfortunately a part of we we unfortunately due to the exposures we receive because of the occupation. There's always that chance, but you're right. If if we do everything we can as far as the modifiable risk factors that we've talked about, you know, get good sleep, healthy diet, exercise, all that kind of stuff. Um, we stand a a good chance of reducing our chances of getting cancer. So, you know, the, the goal obviously, right. Is one day a world without cancer. Um, and, and I hope and pray we get there one day, but until we do, we, you know, firefighters need to do, do their part, um, to make sure that they're, they're reducing their chances.
0: I think my final thought, and I realize that's very Jerry Springer-like by saying that, a little old school, is I would say for the firefighters out there, don't forget about supplemental insurance. Now, I'm not being a salesman, but it's very easy to obtain cancer insurance. And a lot of times it's a deal because, again, the odds that we're in. So don't forget that. I could tell you that helped me out a lot because there's always going to be expenses. So paying a little bit at a time may pay off later on down the road. So just, just looking at that. A lot of us have, you know, um, injury, uh, insurance. Um, but cancer one is definitely one that we should look into more than probably any other occupation.
1: Yeah, you're right, Jim. I I was fortunate to have it also, and it, it is a benefit. It definitely helps.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I think we're out of time here. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Kim. I'm Jim. If if you listeners out there, if you need help, call the FCSN. Call the ACS. They're there for you. So make it that phone call. I know that phone call can be heavy sometimes. Hardest phone call you'll make, but it'll pay off if you make that phone call. You don't have to do this on your own. So thank you guys again. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Jim.